Unlock the past and safeguard your memories with ScanMyPhotos.com. Here's our special promo code, GoDigital, to get a whopping up to 50% off your photo scanning order. Don't let your cherished moments fade away. Digitize them now with precision and care. Whether it's old slides, photos, or films, bring them into the digital age and relive those precious memories. This is an affiliate promotion, meaning we may earn a commission if you take advantage of this fantastic deal. Act fast, preserve your history, and save big with Go Digital at ScanMyPhotos.com. Hi, I'm Maureen Taylor, the photo detective. I really love family photographs, all of them. From the mystery images you find in shoeboxes and albums, to the pictures you snap with your digital devices. No mystery is too small. A simple question about an image can lead to new stories of your ancestors. This means you can count on me to help you identify the people in them, offer solutions for preserving and organizing them, and yes, even guide you in the various ways to gather and share picture stories with your relatives. My guests today are Michael Murphy and Charlotte Engel from the New Canaan Historical Society in Connecticut. And I love their TikTok feed. It's all about the historical costume collection at the New Canaan Historical Society. But Michael and Charlotte, why don't you tell us something about yourself? Well, Michael Murphy, uh, I'm the library and archivist at the New Canaan Museum and Historical Society. I've been there for 10 years now. And really, really interested in all the old photographs that we have. And our costume collection has been fantastic. It's been great to go through that with Charlotte. And I'm Charlotte Engel. And I started working at the museum with their historic clothing collection last October. So I've been here for about nine months so far working on the current exhibit that we have up, the wedding dress exhibit. I do the history of wedding fashion and tradition. And then also jumping on the digitization process of our clothing collection with Mike and the rest of our team. So that's been really exciting as well. And when did you start your TikTok? I started my TikTok casually, probably in October, November, when I started working. I started taking time lapses of the work that we've been doing. If you've seen the videos, we take time lapses of the photographs of the clothing that we've been adding to our database. And I started just doing videos as a fun way to kind of record what we were up to so that my family could see what I was doing. I thought it was kind of like a cool behind the scenes image of what we had been doing. And I posted it for fun and people actually seemed to like that sort of inside view of the digitization process. So it really only took off, I think, in January. So for the past six months. I think I started following you like maybe right when you started. Wow. It popped up in my algorithm and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And I like the time lapses, which, you know, show you what you're actually doing, sort of clips of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And then recently you were working on some really beautiful wedding dresses, that 1880s wedding dress with all the beading. Yes. Yes. The one in the box. Yes. Yes, exactly. We have quite a few 1880s sort of Gilded Age era 
wedding dresses, which is really special. They're very opulent and they're very beautiful. And that one that you're referring to in particular happens to be in a box current exhibit because it's structurally in pretty poor condition, but the beading is exquisite. So it just goes to show the amount of work that probably has to be put into our collection in the future with some of these dresses. But it's very cool because we still have very cool dresses to show. Yeah, I was very happy we were able to get a box for that one and show it off because it's one of my favorite ones. I love the beaded stuff that we have and uh, I'm happy it made it into the show in any way. So, Michael, how big a collection of just stuff in general do you have at New Canaan? I mean, if somebody had relatives from that area, what do you have in the collection that they might want to look at? Well, I mean, so there's the costume collection, which is at the top. And then we have our vault and our library downstairs and my office with all of its things. So we have like the local newspaper from 1908 to 2003 digitized. So it's searchable. We have a lot of family records downstairs in the vaults, sort of all the major families have some representation down there. There's a lot of just odd artifacts from the town. If someone was specifically looking to do uh, genealogy research on a New Canaan family, we have a lot of those old genealogy books in our library as well. So we're pretty well uh, equipped to, to handle any New Canaan inquiry that comes through. There's uh, a lot of people over the years in the 50s and 60s, there's a lot of work in the historical society going through the newspaper, just finding a name, writing it down on a card, finding more information and building it up on that card. So it's, we are a great genealogical resource along with clothing resources and things like that. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. I love small historical societies because you never know what they have. Hmm. There's stuff. Yeah. You know, people think, oh, let's go to the state historical society or the county historical society. But for me, the best stuff is in the small town ones. Our museum is kind of unique, I think, because in terms of our clothing collection, it's probably one of the largest in the state. And people don't realize that because we haven't been able to showcase a lot of it in the past. We haven't had the space and we haven't had sort of the help that digital records provide in searching up what's in our collection. Mm -hmm. So I think we have about 5,000 pieces that we've clocked roughly that number um, yeah. during the digitization process, which is really cool. That means we have a huge assortment of shoes. We have all of the dresses. We have hats. We have men's clothing, children's clothing. And going through and digitizing everything has really allowed us to uncover what's up there and in turn create the exhibits and so do you have whole outfits from like a single person, like head to toe? Yeah, I think most of it, the wedding dress exhibit that we have going on right now is unique in that some of the wedding dresses were donated with shoes, bouquets, gloves, headpieces, but wedding dresses themselves are pretty unique in that they usually have very good documentation to go along with them. So when somebody donates the dress, they say, this is the exact date it was worn. This is where the person got married. This is their name. This is their relation to my family. And you're able to get all of that information. Some of our other dresses, we struggle with a little bit more because um, we started acquiring these clothes in the 60s and 70s. And they were all handwritten in books. And so some of the information slipped through the cracks a little bit. And so while we're digitizing everything now, we're going back and trying to fill in those gaps with a lot of the research that I've been doing. So we'll take the nice photo of it in the TikTok that you see. But then we also have to go into the records, 
and see who donated it, who wore it, and and then go in online and research in our own records. Where was this person from? Maybe how did they acquire the dress? If there's a label on the inside, we have to look and dig a little bit deeper to kind of get more information on the clothes that we have. So why do you have such a large costume collection? I mean, it seems like you have a much larger costume collection than most little historical societies. Mm -hmm. So I think the reason why we have such a large collection is because of when we started to collect the clothing in the 60s and 70s, like Charlotte said, that was around the time, at that point, there were still a lot of people that had lived in New Canaan for generations and, and sometimes in the same house for generations. So they had a lot of stuff in like the attic and just kicking around. And later on in like the 80s and the 90s, it started, New Canaan started to become more of New Canaan as what it is now. So those people were moving out and they had all this closet full of clothes and things like that. So they would just bring it in and sort of give it to us. And then at that point, I think uh, the clothing collection was pretty well known. So people would tell other people in town uh, and they would bring it in because we also have a lot of clothing, you know, doesn't really have too close of a tie to New Canaan, except for the donor actually lived in town. But it's like her grandmother's dress that's from like Cleveland or something like that. So So I think we... Yeah. So Charlotte, what's the earliest piece that you found so far? The earliest piece that we found is probably our 1780s dress that we have. And then I think we have another dress from the 1790s. Most of our collection starts picking up in the 1820s, 40s, 60s. And then what's the most, what's the most recent piece? Are you collect actively collecting right now? The donations kind of petered off a little bit after the sort of like initial wave of donations, but we do have a 1990s wedding dress and then people occasionally donate 1970s clothes. Yeah, we got some like 1990s, like uh, Ralph Lauren sweaters and things like that. I think the issue is that people don't consider clothing from the 80s, 90s, early 2000s as historic or vintage. So they don't really think of donating it, but we have to remember that if they don't donate them now, then they never will. And they're they're only getting further and further away from us as historic pieces. So eventually they will be considered historic. The other issue is that we're running out of space to hold all of this. We are a physically small campus and we're bursting at the seams in terms of collecting new garments. So we haven't been actively collecting anything that's more recent. I would like to point out that we don't actually have a t-shirt in the collection. We do. Yeah, it's all, a lot of it's uh, more formal sort of clothes. A lot of women's clothing, we're all, all, we have very little men's clothing from any time period. We have a lot of like shirts and like collars, military uniforms. Military uniforms yeah, but there, there are gaps. Well, there must be some local events that had t-shirts. <laughs> Something. It's just that no one's no one's thought to donate them yet. They're kicking around someone's closet right now. That's pretty cool. So talk to me about the wedding exhibit that you put on. How long is it there for? Did I see September 2022? Yeah. Our wedding exhibit is called I Do the History of Wedding Fashion and Tradition. And it's on from June 7th through September, I believe, we might extend it due to the popular demand, but it seems to have gathered in Google. So that's pretty exciting for us. We started the process 
I think last year. I mean, Mary Frances was saying that she started this like a year and a half ago. Yeah. Her first sweep through of all the dresses. Herculean effort on that yeah. part of our team for this show. But people need to realize these shows take a while to put together. So we ended up going through our collection, which has about 200 wedding dresses. And we had to go through each with a team, each wedding dress to decide whether it was going to be in the show based off of its condition and its tie to the town and the ability to showcase the fashion trends of the time period. And so we have about 18, 17 or 18 dresses in our exhibition space. We were also limited by the amount of space that we had in the mannequins that we had. So we have about 17 or 18 dresses in our show ranging from 1822, which is our earliest dress, all the way to 1990, and various accessories, shoes, veils. There's also a slideshow. We also have a virtual aspect of the show where we wanted to take photos of the dresses that maybe weren't in as good condition and couldn't stay on a mannequin for several months or had less of a, a strong tie to the town, but were still fascinating. And those are a lot of the dresses that you'll see in the TikToks. And so we have a running slideshow of all of the dresses, and that's probably 30 plus dresses mm-hmm. with wedding portraits of the women who wore them. So some of the, the dresses came with the original photos of the women who were wearing them, which is very cool to see. I hate going to an estate sale and seeing like, all the wedding paraphernalia and the mm-hmm. photographs. And I'm like, really? No one really cares about these things. Yeah, I know. <laughs> one Another cool thing that we actually have that is a great way to repurpose wedding dresses, it's kind of unique. So not everybody is going to be doing this in their backyard, I'm sure. But this, this artist in Massachusetts found us on TikTok, which is so cool. And she donated or loaned us, I should say, four statues of wedding dresses, real vintage wedding dresses that she sourced and then encased in concrete. And they're outside our show right now. So we have these four wedding dress statues that are going to be up for the month of June. They can't stay outside for too, too long. So we're we're sending them back at the end of the month, which is sad, but they're amazing. And they look very ghostly at night. They're very cool. And her artist statement says that she chose these gowns to sort of give them a new life, which is a great take on, you know, repurposing a wedding dress. Yeah, we were setting them up like we were having to carry out these, like, you know, like five, five, two, five, four dresses, pure white on these black faces. And we were, that as we were carrying them out, we were already stopping traffic. Like cars were slowing down, people walking by were taking pictures and asking us what they were and everything. It was supposed to be, it was also a stormy night and, I sat down, the phone rang, and someone's like, oh, I saw the dresses are out. It's supposed to be like tornado winds tonight. You got to bring it back in, but no worries there. (laughs) (laughs) They're concrete. They're not moving. Yeah. They're very cool, though. So that's kind of people have come together for this wedding show. They've been inspired by the historic fashion, and they want to lend their own talents. So the artists and, and all of the guests who've come to see it. Do you have pictures of any of this on your website? We have some pictures of the exhibit on our social media, and a lot of the dresses have made it into our newsletter. We did actually get a donation from a resident in the town 
to do a 3D scan of the exhibit and then professional photos taken as well. And we are going to be putting those up shortly. So that was a really cool way to incorporate the exhibit online for people who might live too far away. Our, our videos have gotten an audience overseas. I've had people comment from New Zealand, from Ireland, from Austria. So that's really cool. So we're hoping that the virtual exhibit is able to showcase to these people. You know, the wedding detectives, right? Cole Morton and Charlotte oh, Subtain yeah. at that's the BBC. Oh, I have to look that up. It's a radio show. Mm. Oh, wow. Okay. You can listen to it. So Charlotte collects wedding photos and Cole is a journalist and they join forces and they tell this background story behind the wedding photos. And I will just say murder and mayhem is nothing wow. unusual. <laughs> it, they're fabulous stories. What a great idea for a radio show. I know, that's great. Now that yeah. we know, we've done all this research on our wedding dresses, so we know how much stories come with them, which is really cool. Yeah. Well, listen to it. And I also have them on the podcast, so you can give them a listen. Oh, I will. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have like hundreds of wedding photos that I've collected over the years. Very cool. (laughs) Yeah, very cool. Do you worry about working with the costume collection as far as the toxicity of some of the fabrics and the treatments? Yeah, no, we definitely do. We We have a section of one of the shelves that just has a poison warning label on it. And that's where we keep all of our fur top hats. The mercury. Yeah, because they're brushed with mercury to make to make them shinier, I believe. And then we're also, we're being careful of the bright green dresses, which are made with an arsenic dye. And we're just being very careful of how we handle these things and what we touch afterwards and everything like that. Well, I'm going to have to see how far New Canaan is for me. <laughs> I might have to take a drive. Yeah. Love I have a friend who would definitely want to go with me. Okay. Anything else you want to add about your collections or what are you going to work on after the wedding show? I have some ideas based off what we now know is up there from the digitizing process. So maybe a Gilded Age type exhibit with those types of dresses. I know that's a very popular TV show. And it's very inspiring. Yeah. It's a very opulent dresses. So that's down the line. Yeah. Our next show that's going to be going up is going to be on, or the next major show that's going to be up is going to be on the Silvermine Guild, which is a one of, I believe, seven Connecticut artist colonies that's, that was in the area. And it's all going to be focused around them and things like that. And also, we have a pretty large campus here as well. There's the main building, which has the exhibit space and the townhouse. And it also has a old drugstore built a built with an extension off of it that you could also visit. And then there's also the tool museum, the rock school, the Rogers studio, and then the Hanford Silliman house all on this one property here. Oh, I, I was imagining a single building. No, oh, we have a big campus. We have a big campus. Then we also have the Corey's pavilion, which is a mid-century modern uh, pool house over in Irwin park. And then we also have the Carter or the little red schoolhouse over on Carter street which was the last one-room schoolhouse to close in New Canaan in 1954. That's all amazing. Yeah, we have, there's a lot here. <laughs> the TikTok videos have gained such traction because I feel like people are starting to recognize the pandemic took, we took a hard hit because people weren't able to come see and we weren't able to promote events and shows and things like that. So I think now that things are starting to open up again, we're able to kind of show people what we have to offer and more and more people are starting to realize, which is very cool. What are you missing that you would like to see represented in the collection? 
because you never know who's listening to this, who has it at home in their attic. It would be very cool to see some very prominent designers in our collection. We do have a Worth dress, which is pretty big in the fashion world. He's the first big fashion house in the late 1800s. So we have a dress with a Worth label, which is awesome. I would say, you know, iconic designers is, is always something that various clothing collections are looking for. Did you have any local hat factories or anything like that in New Canaan? New Canaan's dominant industry for 200 years was shoemaking. Mm -hmm. We had a very cool shoe exhibit a couple of years ago, pre-pandemic. And the Benedict Shoe Factory was the number one shoemaking. Or the town was. The town town was. We're number two in the country up until the Civil War. We made, I believe, 50,000 pairs of shoe a year. And we were only behind the city of Philadelphia in producing shoes. So do you know if you have any shoes in the collection that were actually made in New Canaan? We have have a handful. Yeah. We have a pair of wedding shoes that's on display in our exhibit right now that was in the Benedict Shoe Factory, which is cool. Wow, that's great. That's awesome. Well, I want to thank you, Michael and Charlotte, for joining me on The Photo Detective. Thank you so much for spending some time with me. Of course. Have a great rest of your day. Yeah, you too. I'll be watching your TikToks. Oh, can't wait. Thanks. All right. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media, leave me a rating and a review. And if you know of a friend or family member who's also interested in family photographs, share this episode with them too. See you next time. I'm thrilled to be offering something new, Photo Investigations. These collaborative one-on-one sessions look at your family photos. You and I meet to discuss your mystery images and find out how each clue and hint might contribute to your family history. And trust me, these images can reveal so much in your research. I have decades of experience in the photo, genealogy, and history industries. This is your chance to learn from me and discover the stories in your family images. You can find out more by going to MaureenTaylor.com and clicking on 
Family Photo Investigations.